you are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Jeff Garcia, and you are listening to Locked On Spurs. Hey, thanks for coming back right here on Locked On Spurs for the Locked On Podcast Network. And uh, I am your host once again, Jeff Garcia, lead Spurs writer over at the Spurs Zone, where you can find it at News 4 San Antonio on Fox29SanAntonio.com. And I'll be joined by my colleague, Jim Lefko, momentarily. It's finally here. The preseason's over. The offseason's over. Tomorrow. The Spurs get things going. The 2018-19 regular season is upon us. And that's what Jim and I are going to be discussing about on today's Locked On Spurs. We're going to be, good. We're going to be previewing the season and see how it's going to play out. Uh, we're going to be tackling some of the biggest storylines going into the season. Uh, maybe a player or two who could be looked at differently at the end of the uh, season. The rookies and so much more on this episode of Lockdown Spurs. I am glad you are here, uh, Jim. Welcome back to Lockdown Spurs. Jeff, thanks for having me. Well, let's dive into this, Jim. Uh, first of all, before we uh, preview the uh, season, are you excited? Are you ready to go? You know, my enthusiasm is tempered a little bit this year. I got to mm-hmm. be honest. Uh, the three injuries uh, took a toll on my uh, my positivity meter. Um, you know, at that point guard situation, I just don't know that uh, this is the kind of year that Spurs fans are used to anticipating. And uh, again, not to be a gloomy Gus, but uh, you know, most seasons for the past you know couple decades, uh, championship was was the goal. And I don't think uh, I don't think that's a realistic goal this year. I am doing my best, Jim, to stay a positive voice here. <laughs> I really, really am. But um, I, I'm trying to look at the silver linings and all this preseason mess, injury front. Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green, and by the way, before we dive in, you just happen to see Danny Green's comments yesterday regarding him playing for the deepest team ever, and that being yeah. the Red Raptors squad. You know what I say to that? Good for Danny. You know, <laughs> if he wants to see the the glass half full, that's fine. Um, maybe he'd have said the same thing if he was here this year. Um, you know, they've got Kawhi Leonard up there, so uh, yeah. we'll see how that shakes out. Maybe they'll need a deep bench if uh, he has a recurrence of his uh, crazy quad injury. But, uh, <laughs> I like Danny, and, uh, you know, yeah. I, I think he, his, his opinions were a little bit throttled here, and I think now that he's out of the country, he's uh, feeling free to speak his mind and more so. So if that's what Danny believes, good for him. We're all entitled to our opinions. Yeah, exactly, but we're not here to preview Danny's uh, Raptors. Mm-hmm. We're here to preview your Spurs. So, Jim? It begins uh, in probably less than 24 hours from now, or you know, by the time they're listening to this show. Uh, so let's dive into this. Uh, you know, coming into this uh, training camp, preseason, summer, there are a lot of questions hanging over this Spurs team. We all know what happened with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, we all know who came in exchange, uh, Pirtle and uh, DeRozan. But when you take a look at this Spurs team heading into the regular season tomorrow. What do you think two or three of the biggest storylines could Spurs be facing this regular season? Well, I would have said uh, how DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge were going to coexist at the offensive end. Uh, That was at least a storyline I was really excited about following. I think they'll work it out and uh, both be able to score 20 points a game uh, multiple times together. Uh, but that's now not the number one story. Uh, the number one story is the obvious one uh, about point guard. Mm-hmm. You know, can can Brent Forbes handle the load after uh, you know the the, the tragic season-ending injury to Dejounte Murray? 
Um, and then, you know, Derek White's status, he's going to miss uh, probably at least a month and maybe two uh, with another injury. And then you had Lonnie Walker going down. So the point guard situation is the best right now. Uh, Patty Mills is uh, the, the de facto backup. It would not surprise me if they get off to a slow start that uh, they make a deal to bring in a veteran uh, to shore up that, that critical position on their team. I'm glad you brought up um, the two leaders of the uh, team. They were very vocal um, about the situation um, in the injury front, uh, especially to the point guard spot. Uh, after the um, preseason win versus the Magic, uh, both of them said, you know, nobody's going to cry for us. You know, nobody's feeling sorry for us. And I think that's the right mindset this team has to go into uh, the regular season is, you know, play like injured animals, you know, that that beast that's on the floor that everybody's going to try to pick on. And, you know, you don't want to poke the bear too much because they may swipe back. And I think considering the situation they are in right now at the, at the most valuable spot, that point guard spot, you know, and then, you know, Rudy Gay got banged up a little bit. Of course, you have the rookie Lonnie Walker. Um I think that's the best mentality they can. They got to go in there knowing that nobody's going to feel sorry for themselves. And it's, it's, you know, all for one right now. And I think if they have that mindset, they'd be able to, could survive uh, until everybody comes back uh, healthy. But for me, Jim, you know, one of my biggest uh, storylines is, will the defense be what it was in years past? I mean, we saw a ton of defense, great defensive players leave San Antonio from Kyle Anderson, obviously Kawhi Leonard. Uh, you know, Danny Green and obviously DeJounte Murray. How does that factor into this upcoming season, Jim? Well, that's huge. Uh, we saw about a week or so ago, I believe they were in Atlanta for a preseason game and gave up 130 points Yikes. to an Atlanta team that uh, is not a candidate to go to the NBA Finals either. Um, so that, that astounded me. Um, it's something that it's probably good it happened in the preseason because it, it will help, help them focus on the, the matter at hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a franchise that historically has been a league leader year after year after year in team defense. Uh, I was looking up uh, some numbers for a column uh, I just posted, and uh, the last time uh, the Spurs didn't make the playoffs, uh, the year before Tim Duncan, they were last in the league in defense. And wow. uh, again, that was there was a reason for that. <laughs> the yeah. Admiral wasn't there, and uh, they had some injuries and uh, transition period. But the point being, you don't win in this league, and you don't win in the Spurs uniform unless you can shut down opponents. Mm-hmm. And that, that's going to be critical this year because they're not going to night in, night out, just going to run out there and, and put up 130 points. No. Uh, Houston does, or like Golden State does. So they're going to have to stop people. And they're at their most effective when they can hold teams in the, in the 80s or 90s. And, and we'll see if this unit is capable of doing that. Again, I'm trying to put a silver lining in all this, Jim. At least they held Orlando to 81 points. <laughs> I'm trying my best here, Jim. There you go. Yeah. But, they do um, it every night. They'll be in business. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, offensively, they're going to be potent. Um, at least in the preseason, less one game, they scored 100 points or more. Um, you know, DeMar DeRozan, you mentioned, Marcus Aldridge, they're going to get their touches. They're going to get their points. But I was actually – at least in the preseason, uh, a little happy to see, you know, Valinelli average uh, double digits. Uh, Pat, uh, you saw Brent Forbes. And I get it, Jim. It's the preseason. It's not, uh, you know, the, the opposing team's best foot forward. But going into a season with question marks and a little nervousness regarding how they're going to fare, there's got to be some, some positive to take away from the preseason into the regular season. Sure. Oh, yeah, there are a lot of positives. The one I would point to is Rudy Gay. Um, you know, he quietly led the team in scoring in the preseason. And, and he did. We yep. talk about uh, DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge. But again, I think putting too much emphasis on preseason numbers is, is a fool's errand. 
That being said, it was impressive to see Gaynor only score 15 points a game in limited time, but shoot 70% from the field. And, uh, boy, if he comes close to doing that in mm-hmm. the regular season, and the numbers are skewed. I mean, these are games that are uh, they're make-believe, they're pretend. Uh, yeah. But it, it's good to uh, to get a sweat going, and uh, those numbers are not uh, fake. Uh, he earned them, and he's done that throughout his career. So maybe we do have a big three. You know, everybody was asking who's the third best player on the team, and right now I'd say it's Rudy Gay. And assuming that his heel, uh, you know, soreness isn't a problem, and I understand uh, they do expect him to, to play against the Timberwolves, he's probably the third of the big three, whether he starts or comes off the bench. So between what he can do on, off the court and on the court, uh, there's a, a nice positive sign. Because remember a year ago, he was coming off that Achilles, and you really didn't know what you were going to get. And now I think uh, Spurs fans have seen uh, this is a quality player, a uh, quality man. And uh, having him up there as part of that triumvirate uh, really bodes well for the Spurs this season. Yeah, it definitely does. And if they can get um, any type of help from anyone outside of Le- the DeMar and Lamarcus obviously would be Rudy Gay, and hopefully uh, he is, you know, completely healed from that injury he suffered as a member of the Kings. Uh, last season, we saw him banged up a bit. Uh, I think it was a heel. Kind of flared up in the preseason. Hopefully, it's nothing major. I think he spoke to reporters recently saying that uh, that was just the Spurs coaching staff, doctors just being overly cautious, and he should be raring to go once the regular season tips off tomorrow. You know, Jim, you look at this Spurs uh, squad, we know the injury front. We know the big three era is all but over. We know this is a new chapter in San Antonio. But what needs to happen for the best-case scenario, and what is that best-case scenario for San Antonio? Well, to me, it's uh, that they have their injuries behind them. Um, you know, I would have thought going into the season that it was the uh, the veterans who we had to watch. You know, the Rudy Gay heel or Achilles, uh, the Marcus Aldridge knee. Uh, you know, the Paul Gasol. You know, not uh, you know being a young person anymore. And what what happened in training camp? Uh, it was the young guys uh, that, that suffered the injuries. So I think you can't control them. You can't train you know for them. You can't work out any harder. Sometimes it's just luck uh, and karma, and uh, hopefully if you're a Spurs fan, the, the karma the, is going to come back their way because of the, the awful things that happened during the preseason. So I think that's got to be the key. If this team stays healthy and doesn't leave, lose significant time to injuries to any of its uh, key you know, top ten players, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's going to be a better season than folks expected. Um, but you just can't predict these sorts of things. And, and who would have known this time a year ago that Kawhi Leonard was only going to play nine games? Right. So let's just assume that none of the core players on the Spurs are going to have anything close to that. And mm-hmm. uh, you've got a solid team here. Again, with the two All-Stars, uh, potential third, you know, historically with the way Rudy's played, and uh, a good bench. So I, I like their chances if they can stay healthy. But they, they seem very fragile now, given the what's going on in the backcourt. So I don't think they can afford any more injuries, certainly in the backcourt at this point in the season. Obviously not, yeah, because um, another blow uh, on the injury front uh, could spell doom, if not, you know, worst case scenario, you know, just the season just completely bottom out before it even begins. You know, for me, my best case scenario is obviously, you know, they continue that streak of playoff appearances. <clears throat> you know, it's on the line. Uh, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Jim, I believe they can tie the NBA record. Correct. Or, yeah, yeah, Port- can- Portland uh, had 21, and uh, mm-hmm. the all-time record is uh, Philadelphia-Syracuse at 22. Mm-hmm. And the Spurs come into the season uh, with a 21-season streak on uh, playoff appearances. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, uh, the best case scenario, they make the postseason, they keep that streak alive, they be that team, quote-unquote, that no uh, top four team wants to face in the opening round. And, again, they get healthy and they gel at the right time because, you know, I'm predicting this team to start off kind of uh, stumbling a bit. 
look, they're, they're a hobbled group. They're going to be cobbled together, what pieces they have right now. But eventually, you know, Derek White's going to come back. Uh, Rudy Gay will be at full power. Uh, or Lonnie Walker is going to come back. And then there's going to need time for them to gel with the team. So hopefully that chemistry gets locked down right around, you know, as soon as possible, obviously. But, uh, you, you know, you're hoping for a good postseason playoff push, uh, roadie road trip moving forward from that point. So that's my best case scenario, uh, Jim. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I think if all the things we've just talked about, if, if they stay healthy, if they gel, uh, this is a team that could certainly have as good a record as they had last year and maybe mm-hmm. even threaten 50. Uh, but that's a pretty big if. And the inner factor for trying to look for positives, you know, everybody wants to focus on the Spurs situation. Other teams have health concerns, too. And, uh, you know, they're going to have injuries around the league. And, you know, you don't wish ill upon any any opponent. But uh, I think what you do wish for is that your team at least is above average when it comes mm-hmm. to the health department compared to other teams. So who's to say there aren't a rash of injuries? You know, other teams. And if the Spurs can stay healthy and these other teams uh, do miss a key player here and there, like we experienced last year when, when Kawhi was out most of the season, that helps their chances. You know, suddenly coming in, talking about 47, 48 wins, uh, you know, that might bode better in a Western Conference that typically that hasn't, you know, been a, a high watermark for. But, uh, you know, just depending on how things shake out, they could all beat each other up. And, you know, I, I still think, you know, Houston, Golden State uh, have a little separation between the rest of the conference. But if things go perfectly for the Spurs and uh, they stay healthy and other teams have issues, uh, third place is not out of the realm of possibility. That's the best case optimistic scenario for them, I believe. Exactly. So hopefully Jim's uh, best case scenario plays out. But uh, when Jim and I get back, uh, we're going to be talking about the worst case scenario. We're going to be touching on the rookies and so much more. So just hang on tight. Okay, we are back and we go from the best case scenario to the worst case scenario. Talk about coming out of a a break, Jim. Uh, uh, Worst case scenario. uh, Do I even need to ask what could be the worst case scenario? Well, they lose another point guard, you know, yeah. before the other guys come back, or uh, the veteran they pick up doesn't, uh, you know, amount to much. Uh, and then you're talking about maybe a team that's going to fight to to win, you know, 41 games and go 500, and and maybe that 21 year streak does end uh, if if they have another significant injury there, or you know, if the chemistry just isn't right. You know, you bring in a new player, and, and we mentioned this at the top, but you know, there's no guarantee that uh, when you bring in you know, where they have seven or eight new faces, that they're mm-hmm. all going to mesh, that uh, the DeRozan is going to be as, as good as we think he's going to be. And yeah. again, you're asking worst case scenario. I don't believe that'll be the case. I think he's a, a solid player, a great locker room guy. But uh, you, you never know what kind of issues could arise and how, the, how a team handles adversity. So I, I don't see that happening. I think they've got a strong enough organizational structure to avoid, uh, you know, bottoming out. But, uh, you know, you can't predict those injuries. And they have a spot right now that they cannot afford anymore. So, you know, that would be your worst case. Uh, you know, what if uh, Brent Forbes goes down in the opener? Yeah. Uh, you know, what the heck do they do? Yeah, exactly. And then it'd be... You know, it's all hands on deck right now. It would be twice that. You know, there's, you know, the chances maybe DeMar DeRozan have to play point. I mean, to that point, Marco Bellinelli, you know, we, you know, the Spurs would be in dire straits if that were to happen. You know, the obvious for me is, you know, they missed the playoffs completely. Uh, you know, they bought them out. Even, you know, this, this new squad, it just as assembled, just doesn't work out. Uh, you know, we saw the struggles that LaMarcus Aldridge went through in his first season, in, uh, at least the second season, that is, I'm sorry, in San Antonio, and it frustrated him. I, I, you know, I hope that doesn't happen for DeMar. As of right now, the preseason, it looks like he's meshing in well. He started off a little bit slow, but he ended up scoring in double figures. 
Again, it is the preseason. It's kind of a you know weak measuring stick at best. But that'll be it for me. You know, it just doesn't come together. You know, too many injuries, uh, too many new faces. You know, they come together at the wrong time late in the season, and by that time, the playoff picture is just out of uh, well, out of the scene. So that will be my worst case scenario. But you know, we're talking about the players, Jim, new faces, and we mentioned Bellinelli's back. Lonnie Walker, DeMar DeRozan, Pirtle, et cetera, et cetera. But when you look at this roster, is there a player that's most likely to be thought of differently at the end of the season? Well, I've got uh, two I'd like to throw out there. One I've already talked a little bit about, but uh, Rudy Gay. Um, I, I just really like that guy. Uh, it's probably pretty apparent from my conversation earlier. <laughs> I think it's tough. Uh, I think it's tough your first year to come in and just to take over a team. But he, he's in year two now, and I think uh, now that he's healthy, I see this guy being a leader on and off the court. Uh, I, I just think he's a savvy veteran. Uh, we saw the role he played getting uh, DeMar DeRozan kind of on the right track after that trade. Uh, he, he has wise counsel to uh, offer to the younger players. Um, fans like him. You know, he's not a showy, show-off type of player. He's mm-hmm. steady and reliable. And I just think, uh, I think people were happy with how he played last year, given the, the, you know, the health concerns. And I think he's ready to, you know, assume even more responsibility in both facets. But the guy that to me is a little bit of a dark horse um, is Davis Bertans. And uh, I, I like what he's shown. Uh, the Spurs, you know, invested in him and uh, you know financially to bring him back. Uh, he was a role player last year uh, in a couple of years, and I think he's ready to assume, uh, you know, quality minutes uh, in quality moments. And uh, they need that. Uh, they need that three-point shooting touch because there's a lot of mid-range jump shooters on this team, and you need somebody to hit consistently from the outside. And when, when Bertans is shooting from out there, there's nobody better. So it would not surprise me if he has a monster year this year and uh, really lives up to the contract that the Spurs gave him. You know, it's funny you mentioned Bertans because – I think he's almost becoming like almost a forgotten spur. Um, he, all eyes are on DeMar, obviously, LaMarcus, Rudy Gay, Derek White when he comes back. Uh, but I think lurking in the shadows is Bertans. And if he can become, uh, you know, profi- obviously we know he's proficient with three-point shot, but if he can become more consistent with that department and use that athletic ability, Jim, I, I you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I – I don't think fans realize just how athletic he is. I mean, I've been following him since he was, uh, well, traded to the Spurs in the uh, draft, uh, the Kawhi Leonard draft day deal. And overseas in the EuroLeague, you know, he was, you know, quite, you know, the gazelle running up and down the court, getting to the rim, blocking shots. And I get it, that's the EuroLeague. It's not the NBA. But now it's his time to shine. And if he can put it all together, he could be a, kind of a secret weapon for San Antonio on the court. Right, and, and again, three-point shooters, man, you need them. And I know Bellinelli can hit from out there and Bryn Forbes can shoot from out there, but when, when Bertans comes in the game, he just seems to have a knack for not only getting the ball in key situations, but hitting big shots. And a uh, different scenario last year, you know, with a more veteran team, but I think they're going to look to him this year. Uh, got, you know, three years, this is his third year in the league, and I think he's shown he can play defense. Uh, he's a little tougher than I think people might, uh, you know, suspect when they just look at him. And he's learned the Spurs' way of playing. And again, I go back to the fact this is a smart front office, and they've invested in him. So they've seen not only what we've seen in games, but they see his work ethic in practice. They know what kind of personality he has. Uh, he's a loyal team player who's uh, got a skill that, uh, you know, is very much appreciated in the NBA in the year 2018. So I think this is his time to shine. Yeah, a player for me that could possibly look at differently at the end of the season I want to go with Jakob Pertl. I, I think 
uh, Pirtle could be asked uh, to you know do more and get, get an uptick in in, in minutes. Uh, we saw what he did when he did get that uptick in minutes in, in Toronto, nearly doubling his scoring output. His uh, rebounding numbers went up, and I think the Spurs are going to look at him as maybe a viable partner for LaMarcus Aldridge in the paint. Uh, Paul Gasol, you know, he looked good in preseason. You know, I think he averaged a little over nine points per game, uh, was rebounding well. But, you know, Pearl just has another dimension that Gasol doesn't have. Youth, a big one, obviously, um, a motor. Uh, he's a, he can run the floor well. He's very aggressive in and around the rim. And I think Spurs fans and the NBA fans will look back and say, you know what, wow, the Spurs really did well in that Kawhi Leonard deal. They got themselves a very good underrated player, and he's going to get the time to groom. Jim, am I putting too much stock in Pirtle right now? You know, I, I want, he's one of those guys that I want to see it in the Spurs mm-hmm. system. Um, I like his game, uh, and I think at some point uh, it might come down to you know, Pirtle or Powell, you know, who's yeah. going to get those minutes. Um, I will say this about Powell. Uh, he led the team in assists in the preseason. Again, don't make too much uh, preseason stats, but, mm-hmm. you know, there it was. Him and DeRozan uh, typed into the team lead. I think it was about three and a half a game. Uh, that's impressive. You know, Gasol's always been a good passer. Um, I don't know that you want a seven-footer to be your assist leader, <laughs> and that might lead to, uh, you know, one of the concerns the team has is, is that ball going to move around? And I think when Gasol's out there, it does move around. Uh, I don't know that Pirtle is that kind of passer. Uh, he does other things well. Uh, he's probably a better rim protector. And maybe a better uh, rebounder uh, when he, you know, learns positioning and uh, all the other things that Gasol has picked up over, you know, almost two decades in the league. Um, so at this point, I think he's he's intriguing. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm anxious to see what kind of development he has because, as you know, when players come to the Spurs, they get better. <laughs> they they coach him up really well here, and so he was a solid uh, role player, you know, when he got here. And we'll see how much what his upside is. You know, how far they can uh, raise his overall skill set. But he's certainly one of the players that I'm you know watching to see for improvement this year. Yeah, exactly. So, you, you know, another guy I had on my list was Derek White. Um, you know, I think he, he could look a lot better, more more improved uh, at the end of the season. But hopefully he comes back, you know, on, on the, no pun intended, on the right foot and uh, look good in, uh, in the Spurs uniform and uh, leading the way for the court. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking, there's a lot of players on this uh, Spurs roster that uh, could open some eyes. Uh, once the ball goes up and ends in the regular season, uh, you, you know, but we're still continuing on with our uh, season preview here, Jim. And before we take our next break, which is coming up uh, shortly, what are the biggest concerns to start the season? Well, you know, if you get away from the obvious that we've already mentioned, um, we just briefly spoke about assists and Calgasol leading the team. I think that goes more to ball movement and uh, where are the assists going to come from? You know, when, when the Spurs get 30 assists in a game, they win. You know, almost every NBA team can say that. That's that's a lot of assists. Uh, you see Golden State get it on a pretty regular basis. If the Spurs are shooting for 30 assists a game and you don't have a point guard that's getting 10 or 12 of them himself, uh, where are they all going to come from? And it, it's not just a statistic, it's a philosophy. And mm-hmm. that ball has to move. You know, we all remember the beautiful game. And I don't think this year's team is, uh, you know, fair to compare to, you know, championship teams. But when that ball moves, it's a sight to see. And guys get open looks. And all the things that they do well uh, seem to flourish uh, in, a, in an offense that's based on the ball, you know, moving around and not uh, going into a black hole somewhere. So that, that to me, I guess, I'd put at the top of my list is, you know, where these assists are going to come from and how that ball is going to move on offense uh, to trigger uh, the open looks that Adavis Bertans or, or anybody else, for that matter, uh, really needs to thrive uh, in the NBA. It, would it be safe to say, Jim, that perhaps one of 
you know, the biggest concerns uh, to start the season is Kawhi Leonard's uh, health when he gets to San Antonio, because who knows if how much you're going to cascade booze on him and it might affect his mental health. But, so the, only thing, the only thing I can think about that is, uh, thank God we're not Minnesota. You know, <laughs> oh with, the, with the Kawhi Walker Jr., Kawhi Leonard Jr. and Jimmy Butler, um, you know, that situation is a mess. And maybe it'll get resolved, but, you know, no, no team and no fan base should have to go through one of those things two years in a row. And it, it sounds like uh, Minnesota's got one of those and Jimmy Butler. So that's probably a... <laughs> It's probably a good thing. It's not a concern anymore that uh, yeah. it's going to be a distraction that really, you know, wreaks havoc with team chemistry. And uh, you know, you've seen comments from guys this year. I think Patty Mills said the other day, it's nice to kind of have a locker room that's focused and all pulling in the same direction. And uh, they weren't last year. You know, they, they had uh, they had an issue, and mm-hmm. that issue's gone. So I, I guess I would say that's a non-concern at this point in the season that uh, they don't have somebody that's uh, you know got his own agenda. Yeah, uh, who knows? Maybe the the remaining players uh, that teamed up with him last season just go shell shocking against just the moment they see him. Like, oh my God, here he goes again. No, but uh, kidding aside, yeah, you know, I agree with your concerns. Um, for me, it's just simply them starting off again. You know, uh, on the right path. They're behind the eight ball right now. They're they're injury, but I just hope they just still go out there and put their best foot forward. Um, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier in the show. You know, we have the two leaders, Aldridge and DeRozan, saying, you know, nobody's going to be worrying about us. And I and, and I hope that they take that mentality and just start the season right. And I think they can. I think they can survive. Um, are they going to be challenging for the Warriors and the Rockets, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, for West Supremacy? Probably be not at the end of the day. But if they could just tread water, you know, you know and, and just hold the fort down until everybody comes back, um, I think that, uh, for me, it's just a concern. You know, can they stay afloat? Can they stay heads above the water? So hopefully they will do that. But we're almost done with this uh, special edition of Locked On Spurs, uh, previewing the season that's starting tomorrow. So we're going to take our second break. When we get back, we're going to be talking about the rookies and a lot more. So hang tight. Okay, we are back, and uh, once again, I am joined by Jim Lefko, my colleague over at News Force San Antonio. You can follow him on Twitter, at Jim Lefko. Jim, it's time to put the youngins into the spotlight, and uh, we're going to be focusing on the two rookies, uh, Lonnie Walker and Chemezi Metu. Now, by now, all Spurs fans know what happened to Lonnie. All NBA fans know what happened to Lonnie. But and then there's Metu, who got some run in the uh, preseason. So let's start off with the uh, with uh, Lonnie here. We saw him in a scrimmage game. We saw him in one game in the postseason. Do you think Lonnie or Metu are going to have any impact? And if so, how much? Well, you know, it's always hard for a rookie to come into the NBA, uh, especially in a Greg Popovich uh, coach team. Uh, Walker, I think it was I was excited about seeing his natural ability and how that might translate to, to you know, what they're trying to do here. I still thought he was, if he was healthy, was pegged for you know more time in Austin than San Antonio. I think with this setback now, if he's out you know six to eight weeks, uh, that, that's even harder. You know, he's going to have to round back into form uh, while the other guys are in you know midseason shape. Um, so I think Austin is probably in his future. You know, he'll get mm-hmm. he'll get a little bit of run up here, um, and depending on how the season goes, he, he may get more run than we think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, if they do great or if they don't do so well. But I, I think uh, he's he's a year away now uh, to really being a significant contributor. But I can't wait for that because I think he's he's going to be fun. He's going to be a crowd favorite, mm-hmm. wonderful personality, and uh, great athleticism. Uh, I think he's going to you know find his his niche on this team. I just I'd be surprised if it's this season. 
Uh, but too, yeah, you got to play all five games. You know, you can't coach height. Uh, no, you can't. About, yeah, he's six ten, uh, two and a quarter. Uh, you know, doesn't put up prolific numbers. Uh, just scored a couple points a game, but can rebound, can block shots. Um, for some youthful uh, enthusiasm off the bench at uh, the power forward or center spots, sure, uh, I like his game. I think uh, you know early on they've got a lot of big guys. Uh, they're all healthy right now. And if that stays you know the way it is, I don't know that he'd be in the rotation um, initially, but. Uh, that's why Austin's here. So he might also get some time there, and uh, they'll bring him up on special occasions when there's matchups they think that'll work for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious to see his development. Uh, the Spurs are have a knack for finding folks even in the second round. Yep. Um, so this might be another uh, you know diamond in the rough. Yeah, who knew Monte Ginobili would pan out the way he would? You know, with being selected late in the uh, draft, second round, and same thing uh, for Tony Parker, late first rounder. But uh, you know, Lonnie, you know, he intrigues me. He, uh, Again, his personality, and I got to experience it firsthand the very second he became a spur when he was selected by San Antonio in the uh, draft out in Brooklyn. Uh, very charismatic, very talkative, very non kawaii if you know what I mean. Um, sure. You know, very engaging, uh, and he'll become a fan favorite. And uh, he'll be he's dynamic, you know, he'll bring some excitement to the court, uh, some of the Spurs and Spurs fans uh, will love to see. But I do agree with you. I think the injury is going to set him back a bit. We know that the Spurs are very cautious, maybe overly cautious when it comes to player injuries. You know, doctors will say, hey, you know, Lonnie Walker is going to be out, you know, five weeks. They'll say, okay, tack on an extra week. You know, they're, they're to that extreme. And so I definitely see Austin in his future. But I do see in the situation the Spurs are in right now, if he is showing out in Austin and putting decent numbers, I think they'll give Lonnie some run with the parent team. Uh, as you mentioned, matchups, teams, um, uh, maybe in blowout situations where the Spurs are ahead double-digit figures and you give him some experience in that department. Um, but, you know, hopefully the injury bug leaves San Antonio because it – it, to me, it's almost like uh, double-edged swords, Jim. If, if the injury bug is still persistent and another player goes down and they have to use him, it's like, hey, it's good that he's on the court, but it's bad because the injury bug is visiting sure. San Antonio. So I'm expecting the good things for Lonnie uh, sooner than later. Um, you know, I don't think he's that much of a project. Is, am I reaching here? I mean, I know project is a very big word in the NBA. Yeah. I think he just needs fine-tuning. Is that better? Yeah, and I, I agree with you. Yeah. The injury situation is probably going to dictate how much time he gets. Yeah. So step one is getting you know 100%, and I think he'll do that uh, in a couple months, probably in Austin, uh, where he'll get consistent practice time and playing time. And when he shows the skills that made him uh, worth the high pick that he was, uh, I'm not, I would not be surprised at all if they bring him up and, and give him situational minutes. And again, that's assuming that everybody ahead of him is healthy. Uh, if the injuries continue and uh, there's a need. Uh, that whole timetable could be elevated, and uh, maybe he becomes part of the, the rotation. I just, uh, I'd, I'd be shocked if that happens, uh, you know, before the All Star break, um, just to give him enough time to really get his uh, his confidence up in Austin and to get healthy. You know, this is a tough enough league to play yeah. in when you're uh, when you're healthy, and if, if he's not, uh, I think you you hit it on the head. They're going to wait until he's 110 percent healthy mm-hmm. before uh, trying to get him, you know, on an NBA court. Yeah, um, and for Metu, you, you same thing. Uh, Austin bound. I agree with you. They're going to be grooming him. He's a bit on the thin side. Uh, he needs to af- definitely add some more beef to his uh, frame. He'll get pushed around in the paint a lot when the big boys come at him uh, should he get some run in the NBA level. But, uh, yeah, Metu, you know, that height, you know, very springy. Uh, well, Marcus Aldridge commented 
about uh, Metu's play during team practices. Same, he's like a springboard, just jumping around. You know, very athletic, energetic, but he, you know, needs time to groom. So uh, Metu will definitely be Austin Bound, but we'll be definitely keeping an eye on him and his development. And uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this uh, Locked On Spurs special edition of previewing the 2018-19 San Antonio Spurs. So, Jim, it's time to put you on the hot seat. Your best guess on how this season ends. Well, the the optimist in me would say they can do what they did last year, and that'd be 47 uh, wins. The pessimist in me would say they, they're going to have another injury and uh, be down there around 41. So I'm going to go right between the optimist and the pessimist. <laughs> between, uh, 47 and 41, and then what's that, about 44? About 44, um, yeah. 44, and that puts them over 500. I'm not sure if that gets them a playoff spot. Uh, it may not. Um, but you know, it's, uh, I'm happy to be wrong on the underside mm-hmm. there. Like I said, I, I think it's, if all goes well, they're capable of 47 to 50. Uh, but the, the way the thing is starting, and with the power in the West, and in fact, they have to play a, you know, a tough schedule. Uh, they have a tough starting schedule. Um, that, that's where I think I'm going to land right now is, is 44 wins. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to go in a little lower than you. I'm going to go around 40, 41. I, I think uh, the the loss of uh, Dejounte Murray is really going to hurt them. Playing in the West with the likes of Westbrook, Harden, Paul, Curry, Thompson. I mean, my goodness. I mean, it looks like, you know, an NBA team in the West needs an elite guard. And Murray, not elite status yet, but he was definitely getting up there. Um, you know, Donovan Mitchell's, uh, the list goes on and on. So I think that's going to hurt them really, really just, just, it's just going to hurt them a lot. Uh, the defense I'm worried about. I'm really worried about that defense. Can they? do anything defensively with the roster they have as of this recording. Um, it looks like on shaky ground right now. Um, yes, there's LaMarcus. Uh, yes, there's Rudy to a certain degree, uh, defender. You, but you look at the rest of the roster, I'm scratching my head, okay, where's that perimeter defense going to come from? You can't get it from Patty. Likely not going to get Brent Forbes, although Popovich says he's busting his butt in team practices to get better defensively. So I'm a little worried about that. Um, Unfortunately, Jim, I may have to go on a limb here and say that that that's playoff streak, to me as of right now, looks like it could be coming to an end already. And the crazy thing about that, uh, again, did a little number crunching for a column I'm putting together, and uh, they, their streak right now at 21 seasons is more than three times longer than anybody else currently in the NBA. Wow. Uh, that's just astounding to me. Uh, uh, Golden State and Houston are at six, and so 21 to six. 21 straight years for San Antonio and six for Houston and Golden State. And, uh, you, you know, you, you kind of think about that for a little bit and it almost yeah. blows your mind. Um, but that shows the nature of this league. And, you know, we all tend to think, well, Golden State's this dynasty and they're never going to lose and all that. Seven years ago, they weren't in the playoffs. Um, seven years ago, the Spurs were had a streak of 14 consecutive yeah. seasons going. So that really puts it in perspective. Perspective, And I think, uh, again, the constant's Greg Popovich. Mm-hmm. So if, if my, uh, my guess as to wins was a little more positive than yours, uh, maybe I'm giving him a couple. Just on uh, sheer savvy yeah. uh, and, and history and legacy, and uh, you know, at some point that streak will end, and mm-hmm. it may very well be this year, um, but uh, it might not be. And that would be—it's going to be fun to watch to see if these guys can, can maybe overachieve and uh, see how these pieces come together. Did you happen to catch the uh, prediction from? Um, I think that's the website is called Five Thirty Eight. They have the Spurs winning thirty-five games this upcoming season. I—I yeah. I was just scratching my head, Jim. 
Well, you know, you, you got to make a name for yourself, and I, I think I saw the over/under out of Vegas. Uh, it was around forty-one or forty-two yeah. uh, for the Spurs. That, that's logical. Uh, mm-hmm. You were right around there, and I was a game or two over that. Um, you know, for them to be a, a couple games under, you know, if everybody comes out and says the same thing, uh, nobody mm-hmm. notices. So you kind of have to be extreme. Uh, that get that probably got some attention, just like if somebody picked them to win fifty-one games. Yeah, uh, would get some attention. Not to say it couldn't happen, but uh, I think uh, the people that are more toward the middle there are probably going to be more accurate. I completely agree with you, Jim. I, I think uh, just considering the the state of the team uh, heading into the regular season tomorrow, yeah, doesn't really put a lot of optimism in a lot of prognosticators, uh, sports critics, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, Jim and I, we are done talking. We want to hear what you have to say. Where do you think the uh, Spurs are going to end the season? What do you think about the rookies? Do you think they're going to make an impact? What is your best case and worst case scenario? We need to know. And we're going to give you our Twitter name so you can just bash us for everything we said here. So uh, I'm going to start off with myself real fast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone or email me uh, at Jeff Garcia 74. And before I turn it over to Jim, I just want a quick shout out to Ben. Uh, he emailed uh, me, Jim, and uh, was um, giving you, me, Joe, the, the whole Locked On uh, Spurs shows of late, uh, saying that they're really, really good and they, he's enjoying every single one. So shout out to you, Ben. Thank you for emailing me. And now it's time for you to just, the listeners, that is, to just jump on Jim's case and say why he's wrong and, you know, that he needs to redo everything and, and redo his column. So, Jim, where can they uh, contact you? Well, they can follow me on Twitter at Jim Lefko, and uh, they can read uh, my columns uh, right alongside yours. Uh, you know, we're on two websites, uh, WAI and KABB's website. So a lot of uh, good Spurs content there, and uh, we appreciate the feedback, positive and negative. Uh, this is the time of the year when, when folks should be a little more positive. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's go maybe leave this podcast with that thought that uh, maybe there, maybe everything's going to go right for the Spurs, mm-hmm. given the, you know how it didn't go that way in training camp and uh, during the exhibition season. So uh, maybe there are you know, good times ahead for them. We'll, we'll continue. Yep, but it's an exciting time in San Antonio. The Alamo City Spurs uh, basketball is here. Starts tomorrow night at the AT&T Center versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. And hopefully they're still having some interpret turmoils so the Spurs can pick up a quick W to start the season. Uh, I believe it's a 7.30 start. Uh, Central Standard Time. So tune in. If you're not going to show up to the arena, watch on TV, listen to the radio. And there's so many ways to catch Spurs basketball. But for Jim Lefko, I am Jeff Garcia, and we're going to put a lock on this episode of Lockdown Spurs. <laughs> <laughs>